G'day punters, welcome to the Mailbag Podcast. Pete Anthonis here. We'll be joined very soon by Drew Patchell to discuss what went on at Flemington on Saturday. We'll delve deep into the punting form data and reveal the best performances and the best sectionals on the card. We'll also chat to Drew about, in a new segment, we'll call it Drew's News. We'll discuss the latest in the sports bet multi-controversy before Drew joins Rob Scarry to discuss all the action from Sydney. As always, we're powered by punting form. We bet with Betfair, and we are currently hydrated by GOAT. This seasonal transition period, four guys who enjoy looking at horses and punting on horses band together to give you mail on horses. Live from wherever their families allow them to record, Drew Patchell. You are joking! Pete Anthonis. I drugged you, I kidnapped you, A-team style. Rob Scurry. I believe you've met my fitness consigliere, Michelle. And Jack Dickens. He's jacking his little weenus. Not at the table, Carlos. (laughs) This is The Mailbag. Don't be scared, little girl. Pretty good, Petey. It was a decent weekend. Pretty hard on the punt overall, but, you know, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, that's a good segue because if it was hard on the punt for some punters at the races, what about the punters who got involved with the nine-leg, or you could even go shorter-leg multis if you wanted to? Disposals over 40 in the AFL, yay or nay, sports bet inflated odds. Let's do it. It's time for Drew's News. Yeah, so what people were doing essentially was there's a market for 40 or more disposals, yes or no, in a game. And while coming into the round, only three rounds out of the nine and four players in total had had 40 or more disposals. So when Sportsbet decided to put up odds of between about $1.50 and $2, sorry, $1.40 and $2.30 in different games, people said, oh, this is pretty good. These are probably the wrong odds. Let's have a bet. And then it quickly became apparent that hmm, we could get 150 or 200 to one on something that's only happened three times out of nine times this season in game in uh, rounds. So it was very good odds. And about I can't put too many details out there, but I'm just quoting off people who have put it out there from the media about nine million dollars liability before Sportsbet voided the market. For mistakes and it was taken all the way down to about 10 to 1 uh, for the multi to be you know coming in because it was just a stack of money it just kept fluctuating and then yeah we've been about 24 hours they got rid of the market um, Brad Crouch ended on 39 disposals in the Adelaide match so just shy of the 40 disposal mark and the bet came in well we've had a lot more development today sports better now unvoided the bets they've paid out at the what they're calling correct market odds about 10 to 1 rather than 150 to 1 and there is a potential lawsuit on the horizon so people have engaged or not engaged started speaking with Slater and Gordon um, who are involved in this and there might be a class action if it gets that far I, I don't think it'll personally get that far but 
it's interesting times ahead. It's all blowing up all over Twitter in particular. And I guess for, for me as a punter, Drew, typically what sort of odds would be expected for yay or nay? It probably depends for those who, are, who aren't AFL people. If you've got a high possession potential getter like a Brad Crouch, I guess the odds would be slightly higher. But in an average game, do we know what odds they should have been in some of these markets? Um, definitely, uh, not what was put up. So just as an example, you know, old mate Lockie Neal. Yeah. Um, well, he'll sometimes go around, he was about $5 on the weekend. He only got 26 disposals. Uh, but he had had in round four, 40 disposals, round three, 43 and round two, 43. So as an example of a player that can do it, he got 39 last week against the Crows as well. So there are players in there where you can go, okay, that's probably the right odds that, you know, three or four times in the season, he will score 40 points. Sorry, 40 disposals or more. I guess it's one of those things, isn't it, where especially when you're in that short end of the market, and obviously all the corporates in part of their terms and conditions, if they put up the wrong price, they can choose to void bets. Um, And obviously with that amount of weight of money and that many punters getting on, probably also betting outside of their normal patterns and on markets I don't usually bet on that would have raised a few red flags but when you are in that short end of the market and you're taking what say for instance even like a dollar 70 over something that should be one dollar 20 or even a dollar 10 that's a a huge market percentage differential so and then when you multi it up nine times you're dealing with some serious uh, overcorrection from sports bets point of view so Oh, I yeah, guess. I think it got a bit out of hand on them before they reined it in, which is, I think, the main issue here. Mm. Um, as an example, Bet365 in the AFLW year one, they put up the overs-unders market for the games to be about 100 points. Well, first game they had 35 points and the second game was, I think, 50 points. Um, by the end of the first game, the cash-out for multis of those first four games were paying out 99% on a cash-out. That's how far the lines had moved. Yeah. So. Operators can get it wrong. The TAB have a protocol in their horse racing early markets that if they misprice a horse, you know, they'll pay out on it. But once again, it's all about liability and having those structures in place. The tab won't take more than, you know, $5,000 in bets on something, you know, that's that's misplaced. And Bet365 would have had no more than probably 200000 liability before they shut off the overs-unders. Yeah, I remember there was also a Bet365 case last season. I think it was in Hong Kong when they put up hot king prawn at $8 when it was a $1.20 chance. So uh, all those bets were voided um, on that occasion. I guess it comes down to luck of the draw. But I guess when that many people are involved, they, they really have to clamp down on their own liability. But look, it's an interesting case study. Uh, very much so. I'll be extremely interested to see what the Northern Territory Racing Commission do about this. Obviously, they've been bombarded with complaints this week when there's that many uh, uh, that many uh, bets support, you know, supposedly put onto the market and a potential lawsuit. It looks bad for them and it looks bad for sports bets, so they'll want to handle it pretty quickly. You know what looks worse? Banning winning punters, although no one seems to give a shit about that. So perhaps... Uh Perhaps it's the start of things to come. I wouldn't be too optimistic, though. We yeah, saw wouldn't, in, wouldn't hold your breath. Uh, we saw on the press over here, Nick Heathcote tweeted it out earlier today. I think it was um, the, the local uh, CEO of the Tab Touch over here and, and 
racing and wagering WA was asked a few hard questions by some of the local ministers regarding winning punters and in particular one greyhound trainer that was not able to put bets on using his online account but he could using one of the TAB terminals and it was basically a case of if the TAB over here looks at a person's account and views them as being a winning punter or someone who's detrimental to their bottom line they will try and restrict their bets just adding to that the uh, Tasmanian minister um sorry the Tasmanian I think it was the CEO uh, uh please give me a little bit of leniency if I quote the wrong person there uh came out and said that uh they were welcoming of a POC tax in Tasmania um, it would be great for the industry and it'd be great for Tasmania to have a POC tax on racing. This is the head of racing in Tasmania. Yeah, uh, I guess they probably have to look at South Australia's model. Queensland WA has started with the 15% number as well. And obviously all all of those states is far and, and above what is currently in New South Wales and Victoria. So, Yeah, and the Tas one is 15%. Yeah, it's uh, it's slightly concerning for some of the smaller jurisdictions, especially if that limits the amount of dollars being turned over from a corporate level. That filters down to, obviously, what's going through the tote and everything else. So anyway, we'll wait and see what happens to the industry and if we're actually still betting on horses in the next two years. Well, there's, there's a big if on that one. That's unfortunate, but very true. Okay, Drew's news. Well done, Drewsy. Good. You're well and truly onto it before everyone else in the media. So congratulations there. And yeah, the mailbag had the scoop before the big newspapers today, so they were about 24 hours behind us, mate. Delivering the mail whenever it might be. Uh, all right, let's jump into Flemington. Uh, what do you think of the card overall? Um, it was pretty good overall. There was some distinct. I'm going to use the word bias. Okay, and I haven't used the word bias. In, I would say, close to a year. Dicko dislikes the word. Um, there are a few track walkers that dislike the word, but there was a distinct bias in the straight races. And outside of that, I actually thought the racing was really good outside of that. But when you looked at the three straight races, you had the last race, barriers one, two, three, and four, finished top four. Then you go to race seven, barriers two, three, and four, finished the first three home. And barrier one had clocked the... the Second best four two of the meeting. It was just too far back, and then in the other straight race, you had the winner from Barrier One. So it was very much a you needed to be in the right section of the track, and some horses just could not win from where they were. Very good. Was that forecast before the race meet at all? Uh, definitely not. And if it was, I would have imagined Luke Curry would have given his ride in race three from Barrier Five, a ride behind the le- the winner Percival or Percival, uh, who was in that sweet spot and got the win. Okay, with that in mind, let's have a look. Uh, we'll quickly run through some of these races. We'll spend a bit of time on some of them. But look, race one, 1,200 metres. Uh, Kate was a drifter on the day and uh, one from gate two with Craig Williams on board down the straight. Yeah, they've gone three and a half lengths slow to the 600 here. It's just been a sprint home. you got Separate coming back from a $2 million two-year-old Magic Millions campaign. Had an easy, soft lead, and it's just got the win. Nothing overly special here. St. Edward's Crown, it's interesting. It's clocked the fifth fastest 400, but the first, uh, the, the fastest final 200 of the, uh, of the race. That's crying out for 1,400 metres or a faster tempo for me. So... It's previously done some good stuff on the clock, and it's probably the one to follow forward. It separates a good horse, but they'll probably chuck it in the deep end next start, I'd imagine. Okie dokie. 
race two was won by Fidelia, who really got motoring over the last uh, sections. They didn't go particularly quick early, though, it must be said. 4.7 lengths below or slower than the class average to the 600. Uh, she's just a group horse in the making. Like, uh, there's no there's no question about it. So on the YouTube preview show, we wanted to take Fidelia on because there was another five runners in the race. She was going to get back in the run, and there was no map speed. Well, unfortunately, my value of the day has come out who I think would have been going close to winning if the similar speed ensured with it on speed. Um, so that's unfortunate for me, but you got to move and adjust. And as soon as there was only 10 runners in the race, I think, yes, 15 down to 10, uh, Fidelia was always going to get a decent run. And they drifted out to about $2.80 on Betfair late. So, yeah, I had to actually just butter up and just trust that she would get there. And she's gone eight and a half lengths slow to the 600 and motored home 6.2 lengths fast, you know, to the finish and just been able to get there. She's just too good. Four fastest last six, four, uh, fifth fastest last four, third fastest last 200 on puntingform.com.au. We'll go to race three and uh, Parseval, Parseval, and they went uh, reasonably quick in this race, did they not? Uh, they have stormed down the straight, seven lengths faster to the 600, and no one has broken class benchmark the final 600, which is pretty obvious when they go that fast. Um, as I alluded to earlier, Parsifal's got the run of the race from Barrier 1 in what, not sure if Michael Poy knew it or not, but it was the sweet spot for the day where all the straight winners won from. Um, he has improved about three lengths on that performance. So the horse had won, I think, three in a row, um, and this was the next step up, and it's proven that it's a good horse. Now, I think it's Definitely been favoured by where it's been in the run compared to, say, more wanted who's lost by under half a length and has been in the worst going. So it was a massive run. It's a horse that I could follow based on what it did. And this hurts. $31 tipped up at 26s on the show, backed into $10 at the start, I'm telling you. Luke Curry has taken it back to the middle of the field, been blocked for runs at critical stages. He's come home in the worst ground, whereas if he'd stuck to the inside, which I'll, I'll give him benefit of the doubt. I don't think many, tra- you know, no one took their horse there. It was kind of just the inside barriers just fell there, so no one else predicted it. Um, if he'd stuck to the inside ground, he just wins. Uh, the horse has been beaten 0.8 lengths, and, yes, it was a good run. Okay, race four, uh, race four was won by Spun Lago for Brett Prebel. Uh, there was... No money for this horse, though. It drifted right out on the day. Um, they've gone even, just above even for the class here, over the 1,600. Yeah, this was kind of one of the blowout chances I alluded to on the YouTube show. I'm not going to claim it um, because I was all over Insta Irma as the horse that I thought was value in the race. It's drifted out and got to a massive price and then was back to late. It paraded sensational, like it had all the check marks and it's just done absolutely nothing. So I'm not sure what to make of that. Odeon at 1600 was vulnerable late because it's probably a 2000 meter horse in my opinion and something was just simply too good. Um, I had written down on my pad that I kind of wanted to lay another dollar um, just because it's, it's a horse that on data it doesn't actually do enough. It's run the best 864 of the race, but its pattern of getting back, it's maybe just outclassed and it maybe needs a step back in grade to get a 
bit of confidence or be written more positively. So Newt on board, barrier nine, they'll probably always go on back, but maybe just, you know, crack it out of the barriers. They've only gone 1.9 lengths faster than 600. Should have had its chance. Okay, race five, 1,400 metres was won by Fabric for Chris uh, for Chris Williams. Uh, I'm just calling him a different <laughs> person now. Uh, so Chris Williams, anyway, they've gone at an even speed to the 600. Yeah, so I just mentioned for the previous race, um, Strategic Command was a, people will say a moral beaten. Um, it was, yeah, horribly blocked for runs. Um, the jury's out. Uh, On to this race, race five. Race five, right? Yeah, Sorry, race I'm five. Just... Just got myself lost a little bit. Yeah, Fabric, run of the race. Um, yeah, they've gone benchmark, and the horses just had to get a good sit-in run and just, you know, I'm not going to say stole it because it was a good effort, um, but there were some pretty poor rides behind it. So a prime example of that is Neighbourhood, horrible tactics from the inside barrier, took it back to 10th in running. The horse resented being inside horses for mine, um, there was never a run for it to go out in the straight to try and go around horses and just had to kind of run in behind fabric for the whole straight. Could have, you know, the final 200 tried to get out, but it just wasn't going well enough. It wasn't liking the racing and it was ridden too far back. Um, I'm not sure why they did that, but it was just a really strange ride. Uh, Great Duchess was okay. Um, it was blocked to runs at a critical, critical stage and Omate Venawadu was running home late. But once again, maybe needs further. Then we'll kick on to race six. They've got a little bit slow here. Two lengths slower than the class to the 600. There's over an 1,800-metre event. And Admiral's Joker for CJ Parrish. Yeah, they've absolutely smashed this thing late. Um, Admiral's Joker, it's started about fives or something like that. It was just... Very wide, got clear running, and that was the difference. Dr. Drill, who is an international who is not wanting a slow pace on, but had to deal with it, did not get clear running till about the 350-400, and by then, you know, this is a horse you want to be giving a 600-metre run to, and Craigie just couldn't get it, so I think that's why it's got beat. Old mate Stuffy Lucas was mover's bet. It's drifted about $10 out to 30s on the bet fair. And it's paid well for the place to sneak in for third for us. Um, outside of that, there's some pretty disappointing runs in the race. Like main stage looked good at Sandown, but it's done nothing there. It had every chance. Um, he excels, has gone backwards. So Pippin, you know, there are just some pretty poor runs. I think the top three uh, are the ones you'd take out of the race, and I couldn't really give any excuses for the rest. Race seven was won by order of command for the GOAT, D. Oliver. Uh, they've gone benchmark to the 600, but look, the overall adjusted figures are, are pretty decent going down the straight here. Uh, yeah, so once again, straight race. It's been a sprint home. Um, barriers two, three, and four have finished the first three home. Uh, barrier one was Bell Sonic, who's run the best 4-2 of the um, race. It was just simply too far back. Order of Command's run the best 6-4-2 of the meeting. So, you know, it's a really solid race, as you said. I did not mind Manalo Blunick in the wrong section of the track. It's just got too far back from Barrier 7. It's been in the wrong part of the track. Solidly, it's run third fastest 200, and I really think it was going through the line uh, quite well. Um, it's probably going to jump up to 1,400 and may go, maybe going to Doomba next start, and you may get a decent price for it. 
race eight was the Andrew Ramsden over 2,800. Big field suggested a big tempo. They have gone fast, four and a half lengths fast to the 600 for the class. But look, it's been an overall best of the performance, uh, best of the day performance by Steel Prince, just narrowly getting over. Surprise, baby. Yeah, this is where, um, for me, the adjusted data comes into play because Steel Prince has covered 10 metres less in running than Surprise Baby and Atheris, and the same with Ascender. So you've got to adjust that when you're going forward. Um, Pete, when was the last time you saw a horse over 2,800 metres to 3,200 metres that sat three wide the trip and one in Australia? Uh, I, I don't know. I can't remember one. So how has Atheris finished 2.5 lengths behind these winners it was run of the race run of the day it's gone off 50s on betfair it was set for this race i'm uh, i'm talking through my kick 100 percent here but that was the run of a horse that's going towards a corfu cup melbourne cup um preparation for me like it people can talk about oh surprise baby was three by the trip it had cover it, it, it smoked the pipe behind Alferis the whole trip. Alferis faced the breeze, did it the hard way, off a strong tempo, and it's still only been beaten two and a half lengths. And if you go back to the 600 and look at the run, oh, bloody Johnny Allen gets caught napping. Dean Holland comes around him on Surprise Baby and boxes him in. So Johnny Allen's then having to try and take a run that's not there, and then he's eventually just taking a run behind Surprise Baby. So he's given away a length or two. Jeez, he could have fin- he could have slash should have probably finished third in the race, beaten zero point one lengths, and probably could have been finishing a length off the winners for a massive three wide, you know, over twenty eight hundred meters. I can't believe it's done what it's done. Race nine over the eleven hundred meters, they've gone three and a half or so slow to the six hundred down the straight. Not enough effort. B Park on board, and obviously, as you alluded to before, Drewsy, the inside gate. Yeah, what a shock. Just, just where the first four home have come from, mate. Uh, inside, 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 inside. Various one, two, three, and four have finished uh, first, second, third, and fourth. What a shock. So, um, it was, the betting late here was quite interesting. They really came for not enough effort. So maybe the smart punters, which were not me, um, at this stage of the day were thinking, oh, okay, the inside is really well fancied and we're going to keep backing these horses. Now, that being said, Anjana was 5.50 opening odds and it started about 3.80. So no one jumped off it from the barrier 13. But clearly there were a few smarties that were jumping on not enough effort here. Um it's, the overall figures are actually quite terrible for this race. They're about four and a half lengths below the class benchmark. So they've done nothing special. Um, they've run it slowly. Nothing's come home too fast. Like the likes of Anjana and stuff were too far back in horrible spots. Really, Swish was not bad through the line. But, yeah, it just came to where you were sitting, you know, on the day. Bit of a pooey race overall to finish the card. Okay, Drew, horses to follow coming out of the meeting. Uh, it's a really interesting meeting overall. I think um, the no-brainer is all of the command just keeps going around big odds. Like, when you look at the figures that it's run, the last three starts, why has it gone around over $5 on the weekend? Yeah, I couldn't tell you, to be honest. 
Yeah, and previous start, why has it gone around five dollars at Caulfield? Like it's it has improved, but that's what it does with preps normally. It's gone improvement, improvement, improvement. Does it have much more to come? I'm probably going to say no. It's probably definitely peaked on the weekend, but if it can maintain that level, it'll be many, winning more races. There's not many horses that are going around at the moment over 1,200 metres in Victoria, especially with the Group 1s up north that can beat it. Okie dokie. Can we follow uh, Manolo Blahnik out of the same race? Yeah, I'd be following Manolo Blahnik, definitely. I think it'll be going north. You'll be getting... Decent odds, and it's just not a 1,200-meter horse. It definitely needs the 1,400 meters for mine, and they'll be getting it next start. Um, look, the no-brainers, Fidelia. I think um, uh, in the Andrew Ramsden, we're not going to get it for a while, but El Faris will be coming back, and it'll be on a, I want to say, a Corfu Cup, Melbourne Cup prep. And I reckon we'll be getting cheeky odds in about two months' time for it to maybe... Um, Give it a good crack because I think with its current ratings, it should be jumping into a Caulfield Cup and be on the fringe of a Melbourne Cup. B E A, beautiful. Druzy, outstanding work as always. I'm going to leave you with Rob Scurry to discuss Sydney. Thank you very much, Petey. Go well. No worries, you too. Thank you, Petey, and on we go to Sydney. I am joined by Rob Scurry. How are we doing, Rob? Good, mate. Yeah, can't complain. Yourself? Uh, never, a dull, never a dull moment, mate. Never a dull moment. So <laughs> speaking on. So what do you think of the Randwick card on the weekend? Did it live up to expectations, or what, what did you think of it overall? I thought the track played well. Um, you know me, Drew. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to do any form at all um, when I'm going out there. No, I don't want any any preconceived notions. I've, I've got me uh, speed maps these days, um, which, which is great. And um, I've, got, I've got a bit of data that I look at after the race, but I just, just I was really excited just to get out there with, you know, a good four and, and the, the, the possibility of a fair track. And I think it was. Perfect. Well, let's get straight into it. Race one was an open handicap, which is a bit strange to start the day, but it's the two-year-old. So what do you expect? 1,400 metres, a bit of a strange distance. Um, they've gone around 1.1 lengths slow to the 600, and they haven't. nothing's broken benchmark apart from the winner, Prince Fawaz, who sat back and stormed over the top. Look, um, you know, this, 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 this irks me a little bit, this race. I, I, I kind of tipped the Cornella here, but, you know, the wrong order, and I just thought... This Prince Farwa's map to uh, you know go back to last on a slow uh, tempo. So I was thinking, well, you know that's enough. Even though it had my old mate Hippo on it, who I, who I love to find. Um, but yeah, good style of fast net rock horse, parading really well, like so many uh, Anthony Cummings horses. Um, reloaded, I, I thought maybe slightly better type. Get a real glow to its skin, you know, lovely Chris Waller, you know, not quite at top which is the way i like them um it's got a look of a, a 1400 1600 meter horse uh, i thought the, the the other one in the market discharge was, was like at top condition wise but was doing a few things wrong um whether he's finished or he can um turn that around in the mounting yard i'm not sure but i had him third in the numbers and i thought he was a little bit disappointing outside those three um it's a week there's not much there strangely these these the, the first and second will probably start favourite in a group one in Brisbane, the JJ Atkins, in, in a couple of weeks. I mean, if those twos are starting favourite in the JJ Atkins, I'd be wanting to probably take them on. I just thought 
what's happened in that race is just pretty weak overall. I mean, I'd rather be taking um, hell. There's a there's a horse that ran, went around over 1,200 meters on Friday night at Cranbourne in race one. It's run third. You can go look up the run. I think it's the type that I'd be following forward of anything that's younger, that's going around up to 14, 1600. But I'm not sure that Godolphin will be sending it up there. But it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, on to yeah, so you go. No, I just say anything progressive this year in the two-year-old is—is is there a weaker Group One than the JJ Atkins? I—I don't think there is. Uh, maybe the size, you know, it's even weaker than the size in in Sydney. Um, apart from the the Stradbroke, I'm just say that there should be no Group Ones in in Brisbane. Uh, and to that extent, Adelaide at the same time has to be yeah. on the chopping block, but they'll never do it. Um, you know, that's when we don't have the Japanese system where Group Ones are, you know. For only the best horses, we kind of hand them out. I know, man. Japanese is crazy. I was, I was looking into a bit further. You know, you you can only be a maiden for five starts, and then you drop down to a lower class. Uh, anyway, enough about Japanese. I, I, I bloody love it. I love it. Everything's a bit tainted since I went to Fuchu. Um, okay, <laughs> so race, go, two. race two. Yeah. Yeah, 1,000 metre highway. They have gone 2.1 lengths fast to the 600. So they set a decent clip, and they've recorded an overall 4.2 um, fast for the uh, class. So, you know, it's a really good time. Lifesaver's got the win. Um, Madame Pauline, who is a bit of a striking type, but there's not a lot to it, right? Um, it's run really well, just beaten in second. And Iris Song Su, I personally think, was run off its feet at the 1,000. It's barrier one, and it's settled, you know, not close enough, and that's probably cost it the win, right? Yeah, well, it, look, it just it didn't really get out to the last hundred, and I I thought you know it's, it's, we're a bit unlucky here. Um, our main play in the race was Major Danger, which I heard's bled. Um, so maybe a, a bit of an excuse there. It got beaten a length. Um, I think that the two I am Kalani can you know come out of this highway race and perform well somewhere else, but being a thousand meter race, the the form is um. It's hard to get much from I think. Um, but yeah, look, the the winner you know. I found it in the past. I missed it this time. Um, yeah, Irish song, unlucky, major danger. At obviously he's got a band, so it's not more worth worrying about him. Um, that's about it, mate. Let's move on to thousand meter race. Yeah, uh, next one is two thousand meter BM seventy four. They've gone three point six lengths slow to the six hundred of the puntingform.com.au data, and they've recorded an overall uh, class benchmark figure of one point seven for the winner, which was Nobu nosing out. Uh, Cariff, I wouldn't know, Nobu started $10 in a Group 1 New Zealand derby, so it's probably no surprise that it's, you know, come over here and it's won its last two. Yeah, look, um, it's, it's it's a decent top. I missed it when it won easily the other day with Glenn on. Um, and the Kenzo. Yeah, or as the, the Glenster calls him, the Dark Prince. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's a good name. Um, Cariff, um, he's been one of my... I've been following him since back in the... Um, you know, the good three-year-old races. I, I think I found him in the uh, Rosehill Guineas for a small play. Um, but, you know, he had every conceivable here. If he goes, if he continues on to the Brisbane Derby or something, I want to take him on. I think Nobu's the only horse out of the race. I think I think we we have had the try in order here um, without blowing my own trumpet. It's one of the better moments on the day. But uh, it was good to get the, you know, I felt pretty good when Darren called us. Um, I thought we'd Losing. won on... Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. we won as well. Yeah, and Darren was on the other side. I'm like, yes, okay, this is probably a good thing. Um, Costas looked like too fit for a Waller uh, for me. Uh, that was the 12. Um, 
yeah, I don't think it's much outside. I thought think it over like yeah, it's not much outside the first three. Uh, Stardome can maybe go back to a Wednesday and, and um, pick up a you know nineteen hundred at Canterbury or something. On to race four, two thousand meters, BM seventy eight. Wolf has got an absolute crawl out the front seven lengths slower than class benchmark to the six hundred, and it was just you know a one act affair. It's kind of laid out in the straight. Master of Wines come at it, but it was never really going to lose. Even though uh, Master of Wines traded really short, I think a dollar thirty six in the end on Betfair in play. Oh wow! Um, look, I've seen Wolf now a couple of times, and he, he's he's looking really good. Um, put him on top, but I just couldn't jump into the dollar sixty five. Um, this is the one race that um, I think I stuffed up the advice. I, I found Occupy uh, second pick in the numbers. I had a small one by two play on him, and on reflection, he was a little bit maybe soft uh, in condition, but he did have that real rich glow, which you know can suck you in. Um, but Wolf, you know, fit strong he's actually a decent type i think he you know he win again this time in he can go up in distance um and it'll be hard to beat wherever he goes outside that um you know winner only yeah i'd just touch on occupy i mean he's coming from overseas where he's performed probably best over the 2000 to 2400 meters and this was first time this prep 2000 and it's been an absolute crawl to the point where He's coming off a race that was one run six lengths faster than faster to the 600 last start, so he hasn't exactly been suited here. I probably wouldn't be dropping off him. Like I think there's there's probably something more up in, in the tank to come, so to speak. Well, um, decent type, you know. After Wolf, I thought it, you know, is is the best type, and you know the the, the clarity the data gives you there. And I, look, I, I didn't. He doesn't, you know these staying horses they can come in all shapes and sizes they can be lightly framed they can be big big strong things they can be all yeah all sorts of styles of horses i wouldn't necessarily you know say he's a stayer like a, uh, I don't know, what am i trying to say here he just he just looks like a saturday horse to me um and he had a good good shine in his coat love chris lee's so so maybe don't drop off him yet can 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 get it set up to suit next time Perfect. On to race five, 1,500 metres, BM78. Quacker Jack has gone around 3.4 lengths faster than the class benchmark to the 600. Just tried to run them off their feet and found one far too good in Colding, who from barrier one just had it set up perfectly, just sat back and just got out at the right time and was just simply too good. Yeah. Um, it did look very much this way from the yard. Um, Quacker Jack's been a horse, you know, Drew, I've been finding for a little while now. Um, mm-hmm. since, since his, you know, three year old days, he, he, again, he had the real, real good glow to his coat, looked really, really well. Um, so I think I just took him at the odds. Um, Colding coming off that really good Wednesday win. Um, he, he was never losing in the run. He had, again, Perfect Waller for me, just just not quite at the top. He's been up for a while now. He looks he looked like um, he was going to run a big race. I think in the text I said it will be very hard to beat. Um, so, so something deep in my psyche knew that I was the wrong play with Quacker Jack. But um, you know he, he can't do much more. Um, he tipped the Quinella. Um, we go the wrong way. Nico Lads, one I've had in the past. Um, he's bled here, so we don't won't have to see him again for a while. Um, and this Galapagos boat with Cody Morgan on board, he's, he's run a third here, so he's going to find a highway and be hard to beat somewhere. 
I would just say in terms of your betting here, I actually don't mind it based on the data. So um, when you go back to what Quacker Jack did three runs back at the Kenzo, he went a similar tempo out front, slightly faster, and he's mm. run a similar figure here. So he's run absolutely up to his mark, whereas Colding had never run even close to that market and never seen such a strong tempo. So it's run a four-length career peak to yeah, get well, the win. That, so that, that was the testing material, and it's it's delivered. Yeah, well, that that was the issue. Uh, you know, the, the data that I get that I look at after the race suggested that that Colding was 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 maybe under the odds, and and he and he basically what you've just illustrated, he'd had to do something that he'd never done before, but he did it, and you know, he seems progressive. Seems a progressive horse. Reminds me of a, I don't know, maybe a, a Sambro or a. What was that thing that's kind of gone off? You know, he, he could he could he could end up being one of those benchmark eighty five, benchmark ninety Wallace style horses. Um, I'll think of another. There's about there's about six of them. Sambro. Um, anyway, it'll it'll come to me the one I'm I'm really thinking of. Oh, but uh, yeah, Quackerjack um, will run well again. He's got that go forward racing pattern. Hard not to like. He, he has given a, a kilo to a decent horse in Colding, I think. On to race six, 1,200 metres, BM78. This is an absolute torture for you, and I'm going to put you through the torture chamber on it. So they've gone four lengths faster to the 600, and it's been set up for the best horse, which just happened to be the original Panther, Charlene. <laughs> so why didn't you have it in your numbers? I'm actually curious, and I'm sure the punters at home want to know what was different to it today. Sure, she, was, she, was just rela- she was relaxed. She just had a little bit of a woolly coat. Um, she just, I've just seen her strip so much fitter, uh, in the past. And, you know, I, as you know, I like a waller with condition, but I just thought maybe not today. Um, so look, it was a no bet race for me on the unit. So I I found the second horse ready to profit on top. Um, who's run really well, I thought. Um, but yeah, Charlene, look, as you said, the original Panther have something on. Jason Collett's already written three for the days on fire, you know, so it, it, it could have been a, a big day. Um, look, Zonk, um, I even said in the, I had it fourth in the numbers. I, I even I said paraded better first up, and it hasn't run that well. Um, Gibraltar girls as good a type as any of these. Unlike Charlene, she's she's a masculine style of man, big strong thing. Um, she got beaten here for nearly four and a half lengths. Um, but you know she's run next to a lot, which is you know serious benchmark seventy style of horse. Um, not much else uh, to really report on Charlene. You know I'll find her next start and she'll bloody let me down. You know I, I, just about I, maybe I was just about a bit sick of her as well. You know like I, I backed her with Dicko as well. He he's found her as well. I, I backed her that. I, so I'm just going to back you up here on the data. Her last thirteen runs she has run a a uh, sectional time data better than that. So six of the last 13 runs, she's run better than she has there. And her best is almost four lengths better than that. So she may have just run into some fairly average fillies and mares back in this restricted grade. And you got the likes of Zonk, who its last two runs where it's run really well, it's run seven lengths faster to the 600 here. So... You know, you look at those type of things, you go, well, it was probably suited for the class horse, and she is probably the class horse of the race if she was ready to go, and even if she wasn't. She she wasn't quite. So, look, what what do we do with the next time? She's going to she's gonna look better. She's going to, instead of being $18, she's going to be 
six dollars and she's probably going to run rail again but yeah it's just probably to, to the eye it was almost run of the day like to the eye when you just saw her loom up you just knew she was never losing yeah well look i've heard she's pulled up two out of five lame if that makes any sense doesn't make uh, any sense to me makes no but, uh, sense to me but we've seen a few winners on the weekend that have pulled up lame in melbourne and up in sydney so never know not what to make of that apart from i don't want to see them in the next 14 days just just looking at it makes me a little bit sick seeing charlene 18 dollars just makes me a little bit kind of queasy so let's move on to the next race well this one's going to make you even more sick because it's race seven 1400 meters and <laughs> renewals logged on the front gone six and a half they've gone six and a half lengths slower to the 600 class benchmark wise on the punting form data and the horse was just never losing i mean you, you just kind of you knew you you were banking your money at that stage i would note that new universe from out the back has recorded the best six four two of the meeting it has absolutely put a massive lake figure on the board no one else has gone anywhere near it it was a big eye catcher it was never winning but it was a big eye catcher yeah, it's a bit like that new universe um any any can continue to improve um renewal really did look like it improved from its win the other day like significantly um i think i had a second in the number up after the special missile which is a bit, bit of a uh, it's a bit of a boyfriend of mine i guess we had a good result on it at scone the other day and you know i backed it when it got beat by malaguira there at a big price so he's, he's, he, he he just just dapples up fit as a trout strong renewal nice relaxed head head loping along but it had really improved but the map i had suggested that it was going to get cast three wide on, on you know nowhere to go which is not where you want to be over 1400 at Randwick. um and it's a horse that you know i can see what was mapped there because it's a horse that regularly misses the start has missed the start for me um we had a bit of a play on a ganza here who i reckon is, is good to run as anything in the race the way the race you know, to, to my, I haven't gone over it with the data like you have, but, you know, to me, it looked like it was just working, working, working the whole way and it still loomed up and, and run run really well. So um, I think they're the two out of the race. I think Special Missile get a break now. Noir. Um, yeah, what do you think of Noir? That was the one I was going to ask you about. Uh, underdone, you know, yeah. even more so than Charlene. So, you know, she's only seems to have had few months a couple of months off but she's put on some good condition um you know i think we've talked about her zest for racing in the past she seems to have come home pretty well a horse with no zest is moss trip she looked totally screwed down they may as well send her out breeding or whatever um i, I, I don't think she wants to be a racehorse um i just have something for noir for you so last year they brought her back 19th for the fifth, so pretty much around this time. She won second up on a heavy. She mm -hmm. went on to win a group to the Schweppes Shannon Stakes and mm -hmm. ran credibly in the Kennedy Mile for 2.6 length, seventh at the end of it. So she was, you know, three, four, five, six. She had seven runs for the prep. So this is her starting her spring prep right now. So it's not a surprise she's underdone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I, to win the Shannon Stakes, that's a good horse's race. Um, as a mare, she's what carried 58 and a half against. Look, the youngster. Yeah. Um, yeah, youngsters. Well, I don't know what it's done in Brisbane. Nothing. Uh, a bit like Shillelagh. Nothing. But uh, yeah, Renewal, um, Organza, they're proper Saturday horses for this time of year. I can almost say the same for New Universe. Um, Birdie Beck, 
uh, was one that, you know, I've always had a little bit of time for, the John O'Shea import. I think it's from France or something. Uh, you know, for, for, for O'Shea, I've seen it more forward in previous preps. I rem- remember launching on it at its first start, you know, maybe had three or four units at it at eight or nine dollars. Um, so it was well back that day. Um, but yeah, m- maybe that'll find a race this time in. Um, Malaguera, almost too fit for Walla. So it's not, oh, Malaguera is actually Hawks. I thought that was all. Walla horse. Um, anyway, um, yeah, maybe, maybe he's had enough. Or, or, or what would I say about him today or never? He was in the numbers. I think he had a tiny small play on him. But um, yeah, this is a bit, this is a bit sick. This race renewal. Um, look, I, I, I nearly chopped out on on the race once it found that outside lead spot. But um, yeah, if, if I knew it lobbed there, would have unloaded on it. But and that's you know, the, the joys of being play. Yeah, woulda, shoulda, coulda. You know, <laughs> you know, look, as, as soon as he got that that spot, I'm like, what the hell is this horse doing there? And I was like, okay, I'll take two dollars ten. Um, Move anyway, on to race uh, eight, 1100 meters. We have yep. they've gone 2.7 lengths slow out front. I'm on heart conquered here each way, and I'm thinking at the 200, I am home and hose. This horse can't possibly win. <laughs> and then Rachel King has found the ride of the day, probably on Deprave, and just from out the back on 10 lengths slow to the 600. So doing that, you should never be able to win a race of this standard, but come home five fast and just being able to run over the top. Um, I'd say heart conquered was pretty disappointing, late, all things considered. Like it had it on a platter and just couldn't finish off. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah, I was on it too. I think I think it was like second in the numbers. Um, uh, but yes, maybe I, I found my old boyfriend here, Boss Lane. Um, it's just a horse that I've had a very, very good experiences at Randwick with. Um, he, he seems to have lost a bit of his speed. He, he couldn't quite find a spot. He used to be able to find a spot. Um, you know, there's a few of my old boyfriends here. Like you know, Cam just is a horse that... I got a bit of time for. Uh, he's 150 to one. And he's, he's got beaten nearly nearly four lengths, um, and deprives a horse I'm never going to find. Uh, you know, I, I was chatting to, um, you know, um, Mark. Let's just call him Mark, and he was saying, yeah, hadn't he improved? And um, he had, but he's still just not a, a type that I I really like. Um, what else can we say? She knows. You know, I'm a bit sick of her. Maybe need to wet track. Cradle Mountain looked underdone um, to me. Had a bit of that, that kidney sweat that you don't want to see. Uh, Guard of Honor, um, pretty close to top. But yeah, look, I think I think Heart Concord can 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 run well again this time in. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't you know I wouldn't totally abandon him at this stage, even though he looked at his chance there. Yeah, maybe back to like thousand meters may just be his trick next start. I'd say. May just not see out the 1100 as much because when you look back over his form, win at a thousand, win at a thousand, win at a thousand, win at a thousand, nothing back over the 1200, 1100. So, yeah, look, probably he's, his trick. Yeah, yeah, look, I, I think he can strip. I think we, we were discussing this when he was Brook Magic Race. He, yeah, he, I said, I said, no, he's not, maybe not next start, start after. Um, and yeah, I think maybe, um, yeah, you know, let, I'm not, I'm not going to give up on him. I, th- I think it's, I think it's got a, a race in him this time in and it might Fair be enough. suited, suited a bit more to, to a softer track. Speaking of some decent types, let's move on to the last race as well. BM 78,000 meters. They've run 3.9 lengths fast to the 600. 
And when that was happening, November Man back in the pack with 53 kilos coming into the race was probably the best form lines. Uh, was just absolutely suited. It was the fastest race that horses ever actually had to go to the 600, and it was suited to a T. So he got the win over Power Command and bring it home pop. Yeah, look, um, I think we had a small play on him in that. We're just talking about that Brook Magic race. Um, and look, I'm, I'm a bit bit dark that I've, uh, I've left out here. I've gone for a few at a little bit of odds here in bringing home pop Ellie's encore. Who's, oh, I see he's lost the protest in the end. Um, and uh, Tanico, um, what can I say? November Man, another one of Anthony Cummings, just, just going really well, paraded well, should have been in the numbers. Um, you know, I was still chasing this Miss X Factor, which I've just got to let go now. Um, just got to let it go. Uh, bringing her. Started races this you know, special third up just took spot on. We're getting you know thirty dollars. It's a bit similar to Ellie's encore, which which was you know someone someone thought was going to run well because you know I, I got a bit of forty dollars about it and it started near near twenties. Um, so yeah, it, it it's run pretty well. But yeah, as you well, said, well it was three wide no cover as well, so it was a really good run on say Ellie's encore. Yeah, yes, yeah. so, and you said they've gone pretty quick too, so. You know, it's it, it's worked and worked and worked its ring off. So, you know, you'd be sick if you had a big crack on Ellie's encore each way, and you've you've got your Daniel nuts on the on the protest <laughs> to, to to run. You right, you hold on for third, then you lose it on protest. Oh, the great game, Drew. Uh, Tanico, you know, sim- typical Godolphin can can improve. I, I think it was just a little bit soft, and um, seems to have got home all right. Um, but you know, we're talking. It's not much between second and eighth, you know, one one and a half, two lengths. So they've all finished in a bit of a clump. Um, poor yeah, old you're ice. finding a lot of these uh, horses have probably run career peaks here because they've never seen a tempo this fast over that distance in this class. So a lot of them are running career peaks. Like, um, you know, Ellie's on course actually run a career peak despite being three wide the trip. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, look, I, I think also that the track. Is is set up to for, to run good times. You know they're calling it a good four, but you know, it could really be a good three. It hasn't rained here for 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 months. Well, it feels like months, about a month. Let's say it's been pretty good. Um, to take out of the meeting, uh, I'm not sure. Um, so you have like, heart conquered as you as one of your takeouts by the sound of it. Yeah, yeah, but but you know I'm looking for the right setup. I'm maybe looking for a bit of a softer track. Um, what, what else? What, what, in, in, I'd say anything... Charlene definitely appeals based on having a lot of improvement to come. I mean, it's a class horse. It's run some class times and it's got still improvement to come based on its starter. So I could definitely follow it forward. Um, you wouldn't be dropping off renewal anytime soon. It'll keep going around in those races, won't it? Yeah, you'd think so. Um, it, it's going to climb up the benchmark um, ratings. Uh, I, I think I think Birdie Beck could pick up something from that race it's it what what are we, what are we running here it's it's 1400 and it's run you know it's almost a career peak like three lengths this is a horse that's going to get out over 2000 meters and it, it's it's only got beaten three lengths by renewal who you know i think's decent is a better than saturday horse um i'm just clicking back through the punningform.com.au yeah, yeah, i'd still be following we'll probably get a good price next start especially if they go up to 2400 meters that's where i kind of want to be looking to play Sure, you know, and and 
you know, the stocks are thin in that sort of class unless something comes up from Melbourne. Um, it's well, when generally... Rakeek was going around as a 7 and $4 favourite last year in all those races and not winning, that's how you kind of know the stocks then. Yeah, Red Alto was coming up and knocking, one, knocking a race or two off. Um, Colding, Quackerjack, you know, they're worth following. Um, Wolf should be winning wherever it goes, you'd think, especially if it goes up in distance. Um, Nobu probably win the Brisbane Derby. Is there anything from Melbourne that might come up for the Brisbane Derby? Or the uh, Adelaide, uh, Adelaide race? Who who won the Adelaide Derby? The SA Derby? I couldn't even... Uh, is that Princess Jenny Nazi Oaks that it's going there for, isn't it? Um, that's a good question. I can pull it up. Queensland Derby Market. Who do you think's favourite? Nobu. Um... Market actually, because it's not in there, or they just the good old futures markets. They always find a way not to put them in there, right? <laughs> well, well, the other thing about Nobu is um, the thing for Bjorn Baker, the other the other grey. Um, I forget that that won the twenty two hundred meter race on Saturday uh, up in Brisbane, led all the way, and you know that that's definitely a run or two below, you know, a couple of lengths behind both Nobu and Carif. They're literally Carif and and it. I forget its name. Um, ran ran uh, on a Wednesday um, yeah. at Warwick Farm. and So uh, I've got a market for you now, um, one that actually has a correct market. Uh, Nobu's $4, Carafs $8, Fun Fact 8 Scarlet Dream, Mr. Quickie, Angel Heaven, Heaven Declares War, and then you'd start getting down. Vow and Declares, not a bad runner, actually. Frenzied Failed. Richwood Drive's a bit of an interesting one. They go there. 26ers. Grinzinger Star, who was scratched and was near favourite for the South Australian one. 34s. You know, some decent types in here down in the in the prices, but you just don't know which ones are going for it because you've also got the, I think the Oaks is this weekend. Yeah, Princess Jenny et and uh, Angel of Heaven might be going there. Elferis, the Chris Lee's horse that you guys saw win. Oh, yeah, Elferis. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But after that, it's pretty damn thin when you go through the list. So, yeah, not exactly some Group 1 class races, if no, you ask mate. me. Yeah, mate, not at all. And it's a Group 1 race the, in another week, week Brisbane Group 1. Um, Prince Farwas reloaded. They'll both go to the Group 1, JJ Axons, and I'd say one of them would be winning unless, you know, you're... your third favourite. Who's Excel- the favourite? A seller, A-C-C-E-S-S-I-N. Accession. Yeah, I knew it's a Sydney horse, right? Yeah, that's that's Chris Waller's um, brazen bow thing, but fuck that. Surely that's had enough by now. Um, you want some fresh blood, so maybe there is a bit of. If you take the bracket reloaded, Prince Farwas to to beat a session, I'd say that's not a bad play. Um, if you can, you know, get odds boost or whatever. Um, I, I want to take accession on, especially over a mile. Um, but yeah, that's it, mate. I think I think we've got a pretty. It's cool down in Sydney. It's pretty cold actually. Um, it's going to be f- fine enough, but there's a bit of rain on Friday, Saturday around. So hopefully, um, not too much. Or they don't start watering watering the track now for Rose Hill, and then you know we get 20 mils on Friday and Saturday, which wouldn't put a pass on. I know, I know, I know. But um, anyway, anyway, what can you do? A lot happening in the world of racing, mate. Um, Definitely bit, around bit, the grounds. <laughs> bit, bit going on, but um, we we won't. I don't think we need to comment because um, yeah, that's 
the, the big news is in the ha- matters of the police and um yeah we don't want to say too much on that one do we exactly down in victoria and up in new south wales well mate it was a pleasure we will be seeing you at rose hill on saturday yep. and looking forward to it mate go well thanks true cheers mate Have a good night.